1: This week on the podcast, I'm talking about how to make the holidays less stressful, because they can be a tough time for so many reasons. Maybe spending time with your family doesn't make you feel good. Maybe you have a tendency to go overboard and really wear yourself out, and they leave you feeling depleted and unappreciated. Maybe you feel pressure to have one particular holiday experience that just doesn't jive with your reality. Maybe you wish you could avoid them altogether, but every song on the radio and ad on TV reminds you. Maybe you lost someone you love recently, or around this time, and the thought of having a holiday without them is making you sad. It's all legitimate, and I hope this week of episodes will help you experience the holidays in a different way this year, one that feels better to you. Today, I want to talk specifically about how to navigate family gatherings, And to help with that, I'm interviewing Amy E. Smith, a life coach and communications specialist who specializes in all things self-worth and confidence. Amy has been on the show before sharing how to enforce a boundary without being a jerk. Her e-workbook is called Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. So I think you can see right there that she's given this topic some serious thought. Let's find out what she's got to share. Amy, I'm so excited to have you here, especially, especially because so many people need to hear what we're going to talk about today, myself included at times. So I'm really excited to talk to you.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat.
1: So what is it about holiday gatherings with family that can really make them like a stress sandwich?
0: Well, I think for many of us, and perhaps you can relate to this as well, it's almost as though as soon as we are around our family of origin, we revert back to all of the the triggers and the traumas that we experienced in our youth. And so even if we've done so much personal development work or a lot of study and work on ourselves, we get placed back into this immersive experience that reminds us of things that. We have tried to overcome. Right. And when you're immersed in that, again, it's so easy to go back to some of our old defense mechanisms. Right. So we learn a lot of tactics to stay safe with our family. Like, for example, It could be a situation where perhaps you had a sibling who had a lot of medical needs, let's say. And so you learned that in order to get any type of attention or to get your needs met, you became a complete perfectionist. Maybe if I can have flawless grades or be the best in my class, then maybe I'll get some attention from my parents. So even if you've gotten through a lot of perfectionist tendencies or people pleasing or other different types of defense mechanisms that we employ going back into that situation can make it feel like oh my gosh I need all these the approval of my family or I need to show off how great I'm doing so we we tend to revert back to how we used to operate so when that, and that incurs just a shit ton of stress <laughs> Not to mention that the whole thing is stressful, right? All the obligations. And if I need to cook this type of thing or do this type of gift or be around this particular person. So there's sort of a culmination of stress too that I think happens.
1: Totally. And then you throw in alcohol, maybe some food that doesn't make you feel good because you're overeating, because you're trying to comfort yourself or swallow your emotions or whatever. And then you get really tired. And Yeah, there's just, there's a lot going on. So let's talk about how we can change what we do even before we go to the event that will help things get off on a better foot.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. There's sort of a process that I typically advocate people going through, and I, I just simply call it gearing up. And it's a way in which you can prepare yourself for whatever might happen at any of these given events. So the first thing that I want you to consider is is who do I want to be in this environment? Because a lot of times we we go in and without properly preparing ourselves, we end up tapping into those defense mechanisms because we get thrown off guard, right? So whenever we're thrown off or someone asks us something or ah, you know, we can very easily revert back to whatever that previous behavior possibly is. So the thing that I like to ask myself is, okay, if I'm getting together with people on a Thursday, how do I want to feel about the woman that I am come Friday? How do I want to be able to reflect and say, okay, here's how I showed up. I'm proud of the way that I handled myself. Because a lot of times we think if we're at odds with somebody, we're not necessarily connected, that the only way for the event to be successful is if they see it your way or you see eye to eye or something like that, which is it is rare, right? So if instead we change the barometer of success to everybody agreeing with me or us being on the same page to simply what you can control, which is how you show up, that can allow you to kind of keep your side of the road clean so that when you wake up that next day, you go, okay, I'm, I'm really proud of the woman that I was. So that's just sort of a, more of a meta perspective. But the other big piece of gearing up is to sort of preliminarily forecast anything that could possibly happen. It could be things that You think are likely that a brother might say, like maybe your uncle always asks you for money, or there's always a conversation about politics or about religion or about something that you're really uncomfortable about. Or maybe it's even boundaries around, I'm not discussing my body, you know, people asking you if if you've gained weight or lost weight or, you know, bullshit like that, where you know, you might have to boundary up around, oh, you know, my body's a- actually not up for discussion or debate or, you know, whatever. So so there could be sort of a myriad of things that, that are transpiring. So if you can get ahead of that and say, okay, it's really likely that this will come up. Okay. And just have this huge, huge list. And then on next to that, so perhaps do that in one column. And then in the second column next to that, Write out specifically how you want to respond. And we can talk about a couple of different instances if you'd like, but really crafting sort of your go-to response. And then once you have that, practice it, say it over and over again in front of the mirror, pretend that you're actually delivering it. A lot of the stuff that my students or my clients start saying and start speaking up for themselves with are phrases that they've quite literally rehearsed because you have to know that we're fighting against decades and decades of instinct to either people please to run away to be combative and adversarial right so if we want to handle ourselves in a different way we have to map out exactly
1: what that would look like and then actually practice it Mm, that's so smart And I would run through a couple of different scenarios and I want to do that, but I've got to take a quick break first. Sure. We'll be right back. Another day
0: is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Okay, and we're back. Amy, you were talking about right before the break where we can sort of prepare mentally before you head into a situation with your family, thinking about some of the things people might say to you that you know is kind of likely for them to happen like, you know, someone's probably going to make a comment about your body or your life or what have you. And you were suggesting rehearsing what you might say back to that person. Could you walk us through one or two of those things in particular and give us an example of something that you might keep in your back pocket that you could say? Sure. One of the things just to kind of know
0: as sort of a new rule to ad- adopt for yourself is that just because you are asked a question doesn't mean that you have to answer it. So for example, if you are going through any any type of hardship, either you left school, you're going through a divorce, you've suffered a miscarriage. There's been any number of really taxing things that have happened for you that you don't necessarily want to discuss. Sometimes really well-meaning family, they don't know anything else to bring up except marital status, are you going to school, you know? And so they might be really well-meaning but it still could be something that's very off-putting for you. So they say something like, oh, so how are you? How are things going with the the separation? Or how have you been since the you know the miscarriage, et cetera? And in those situations, our instinct is, okay, if I've been asked a question, that must mean I have to answer it. Absolutely not. You do not. <laughs> People used to ask me all the time, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? And I would just say, you know what, to be really honest with you, that's not something that I want to discuss. I truly hope that you can understand. Now, depending on how close I am with them, you know, because sometimes family, just people we see literally on holidays. (laughs) So it depends. It depends how intimate or how close you are with them. But you can quite simply say, thank you so much for asking. To be really honest with you, it's been quite rough. So it's something that I I really don't want to get into. But what I'd love to hear is how is it going with the baseball team that you've been a part of, right? Like change the subject, but just shut that shit down. Now, sometimes it can be aggressive. It can be asking you why you voted the way you did or wanting to bring up current really difficult political topics. My personal stance on that, and this is going to vary depending on everybody listening, is I am more than happy to have an educated, thoughtful discussion with somebody about that as long as respect is the baseline. For me, I would say, you know what? I'm happy to get into this with you, but I do want to just have this this baseline that no matter what, we're going to be kind and respectful to one another, right? Now, some people will come at you very accusationally or rude or make, make comments that are actually straight up offensive, right? We obviously have a lot of divisive stuff happening with racial injustice and all sorts of things that are changing in f- for many marginalized identities. So for me one of the mantras that I keep sort of as a, a governing concept is to not allow my silence to make me a liar. Which means if somebody says something offensive in my company, I don't necessarily need to get into a full-blown conversation with them about it, but I sure as shit am not going to allow that to go without me, I'm not going to feign my being complicit, basically. I'm not going to be complicit to something like that. So what that might sound like is, you know what? I actually don't share that opinion, and I would appreciate it if you wouldn't talk like that around me. Or, you know what? Clearly, I don't share the opinion that all of you are sharing, so I'm going to just politely excuse myself from this conversation, right? But So you don't necessarily have to get into the debate. You can quite simply say, I don't agree or I find that highly offensive whether you mean that or not doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's just really requesting please don't speak like that in front of me or I I find that really offensive. Are there any other any other subjects you're thinking of that that you would like an idea on a phrase?
1: Let's see. Well, what about you know, what about somebody who's well-meaning, but they're asking you about something that you just don't want to talk about? Like, oh, what's going on in your love life? Are you still seeing that person when maybe you're just like, oh God, I really don't want to talk about this. I don't want to have to sit here at the dinner table and have people overhear me and just know. So how about something like that?
0: Yeah, I think this is really similar to, to the one that I mentioned earlier where it's, Mm -hmm. it's just something that you, you just don't want to go there. And I think we forget that we actually can be super loving and super kind in our responses. And we get roped in when somebody is really well-meaning or they really are genuinely kind and they do really want to know what's up with you. We think we have some sort of obligation to share stuff that we're not comfortable sharing, right? That's why it's it's so imperative that when you, when you do speak back to them, that you speak from a really kind place. So I think that vulnerability in these situations is the best card to play. And here's what I mean by vulnerability. By saying, you know what? I really, really appreciate you asking. And I know that comes from such a great place. I'll be honest with you. This is the vulnerability part. I'll be really honest with you. That is a topic that I've been really having a difficult time with. So if it's all the same to you, I would really prefer to talk about something else. But thank you for asking, right? Like, If you can have that little bit of softness and vulnerability in the declining, that can go a long way. I'm not saying vulnerably share what they're asking. I'm just saying, let them know that it's a vulnerable topic for you. And for that reason, you would like to move on.
1: Yes. Amy, we're almost at time, but I just want to ask you quickly before we go, do you have anything we can keep in mind that would help us actually enjoy ourselves at these gatherings? You know, instead of thinking about how to protect ourselves or, you know, not get upset, but maybe be a little bit more proactive so that we could walk out of there and think, Like, that was actually cool. Yes. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that.
0: Absolutely. Well, one of my favorite tactics with this is to think about, like, if you visualize or think about watching yourself on a movie or in a play or something like that where you're kind of voyeuristically observing yourself, how would you want to describe that character and this could also be a part of the gearing up process so if i would want to say okay that woman right there that character on the screen she is confident but she's joyful she's loving she's kind and start thinking about what are those character traits and then work on embodying them so what would it look like if this entire day was about connection, or was about curiosity, was about kindness, you know, how might your behavior change? How might that inform how you engage with other people? So that's just sort of a a small little tactic you can use just and and it's also quite a bit of uh, personal power because you're kind of going, here's who I intend to be. And here's how I want
1: to show up. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Amy E. Smith, for sharing all these wonderful tools and tips. For folks who'd like to connect with you and hear more from you, where can they find you?
0: Sure. My little corner of the internet is over at thejoyjunkie.com. Junkie is J-U-N-K-I-E. And I've got tons of freebies over there. I'm also on all social media platforms with the same handle the joy junkie and uh, yeah i'd be really honored if if you came over and got some freebies and checked out the podcast and yeah lots of good stuff
1: okay great thank you so much for being here
0: thank you kate it was a blast
1: thanks for listening to how to be a better person our theme song is left for deadish by junior 85 the podcast is mixed by sound advice strategies